Okay, so what did we do a couple of weeks ago? We spent a week in a camper van. We started at Christchurch. We went to Akaroa, Franz Joseph Glacier. From Franz Joseph Glacier, we went to Wanaka, Queenstown for an hour, Invercargill, Dunedin, Rakaia Huts, and then back to Christchurch for the plane back home. All in all, we traveled 1,721 kilometers. In seven days. Yeah, so that was interesting. I was mainly okay with it, even though I did all of the driving. The only leg that killed me was the longest one between Akaroa and Franz Joseph Glacier, which took over six hours. Six and a half, seven hours. Yeah, and that's with breaks, but still, it was pretty, pretty terrible. That was not including breaks. Well, that's really terrible then. <laughs> So yeah, let's not do that again. What was the longest time that we spent driving? Second longest would be from Dunedin to Rakaia Huts, which was about four and a half hours okay. of driving, plus breaks. Yeah, I think that's about my limit. Anything longer than that, and I think it's mainly boredom. My brain just goes to sleep, and if the roads are really um, straight, then I will I will sort of start drifting my brain will start thinking about other things or it'll just shut down and decide that it wants to go to sleep, which is not good if you're behind the wheel. It's not, it's not good for the passenger either, really. Eh. And, and also, more than about four, four and a half hours is just, at that point, you're losing too much of the day to do anything else. Yeah, and you're, you, um, you get really tired. Who knew sitting... Sitting in in a spot for six hours would would tire you out, but well, mentally it tires you out if not physically. And you're also, well, especially at this time of year in New Zealand, and especially on the trip from Dunedin up to Rakaia, we were in the sun. You think you're in a car, so I forgot that even though we're in a car, the sun kind of comes through the windows and sunscreen is actually kind of important. Yeah, we actually had to apply sunscreen a lot, even though most of the day was spent driving. That's an interesting one. Okay, well, that was the driving bit. What did you think about the camper van itself? So I, I enjoyed spending the week in a camper van. I think to, to keep it balanced, I'll start with what I think of as the negatives mm -hmm. and we'll hit the positives afterwards. Yep. The first negative is you have to pull out and assemble a bed every night because every morning in order to have space to move around you have to pack the bed away again. We deliberately got a, a, a camper van that was about the size of, well it is a moving van that's been converted and I chose that as, as a way to get my feet wet into driving camper vans but without having to deal with having to drive a really large vehicle at the very beginning. Since we were traveling such a long way, it was good to start with a large-ish vehicle, uh, but not have it be too unwieldy. Because even though we didn't visit that many cities, like inner cities, um, having a moving van-sized camper van, I think, helped, especially in Queenstown, where it was really busy and... Some of the roads that we went through were pretty tight. Yeah. Thank thankfully, outside of uh, Dunedin and Christchurch, the South Island doesn't have a large number of multi-level parking buildings, and most stores have parking lots that are just flat uh, outside the store. 
And so if you're using uh, one of these camper vans, even though it's taller than a regular van, it fits in a regular car space and you've got enough. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes, just. I, I think uh, even though I, oh, well, yes, I only had a week with it. So even though I started getting used to the dimensions, it was still a bit awkward parking in any parking spot. Definitely helped that it wasn't like a big truck or anything like that. But yeah, the downside is there's less living space. It meant that the bed had to be assembled. And it it also meant that once we had the bed out, then the bed was out. And so we delayed that as much as possible so that we can have use of the living space and be able to walk around right up till the end. The next thing, we had originally wanted a camper van that had a shower and a toilet inside, but due to availability, we ended up with one that only had a portable camping toilet. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to use a toilet that doesn't have walls around it. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. It, It meant that if you wanted to do your business, you'd be doing it inside the camper van. And that may be fine if you're by yourself, but when there's another person there, it's even if you do live with each other, it's not, it's too close. Totally. The portable camping toilet would totally be a useful backup, especially if you're freedom camping in an area where there are no bathrooms. And in that case, it's an alternative to. Uh, digging a hole in the ground, but I don't know. I think I'd rather do that because then you don't have to deal with the toilet afterwards. Exactly. And if we do have an emergency, well, a bathroom emergency, and it's just number ones, then, you know, you just go. It's not a problem for us. And we've never had a problem while traveling where we needed to use the bathroom and we couldn't find one. So... I don't know if that was semi-subconscious because we didn't want to use that toilet. And more importantly, we didn't want to have to clean the toilet and empty it. Yeah, I mean, it's good that it's there. And I think from a technical point of view, that was required in order to get a certificate, uh, a little sticker in the back of the camper van saying that it was self-contained. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because there are some... Uh, camping sites in in the South Island and probably in the North Island as well that will only allow you to freedom camp in a certain area if you do have that sticker in the back of your car. The main negative to not having the, the toilet and the shower is that meant if you need to go to the bathroom during the night or when you want to shower first thing in the morning, you have to leave your camper van and hopefully you're staying in a campground so you have somewhere to go. Uh in practice, the showering part of that wasn't too bad. Only two of the places we stayed, yes. Wanaka and Rakaia Hut. Yes. Rakaia Huts, that makes sense. It's $15 a night for a powered site. So a dollar for a shower on top of that is pretty reasonable. And surprisingly, uh, and you get five minutes or seven and a half minutes or something like that. And that's perfectly adequate. I don't think, well... We don't have long hair or anything like that, so we didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, five minutes was fine. I was regularly requiring a lot less. And the 
the only dis, uh, disadvantage of the coin-operated bathrooms is that I couldn't shut the water off after I've finished, which I thought was a little bit wasteful. But, you know, on balance, that was a little thing. And it doesn't affect me in it negatively in any way. So any more negative things? I guess this will come up as a, a positive as well. But one negative is that when you're traveling around in a camper van, you have your house with you all of the time. For example, in Wanaka, we were staying in a campground that was about five, ten minutes out of the city um, or the town. And it was too far to walk. So we needed to drive in to get supplies and food and look at ducks on the water, you know, the important things. And that meant that we couldn't kind of set up beforehand, plug in, set our devices to charge again and all that sort of thing. Instead, we kind of got there, found our site and then drove out again to go and get food. Yeah, and it definitely, it definitely had an impact on how we got to a site we couldn't as you would in a hotel you you couldn't sort of go into your room get everything set up you know unpack some things and then go out and get in your high car and get supplies because we had to leave immediately we couldn't unpack because if you unpack things stuff will move around in the van if you had to move so it, it did dictate how we got into um campsites in the campsites where we could just walk to to the different places then it was fine it is a negative and to follow on with that because you are carrying everything with you that adds to the weight of the camper van which means you know fuel economy suffers and we worked it out it was about 10 liters per 100 kilometers i think yeah pretty which is which is what my my little uh, Mazda 2 gets now, but that's with city driving. And in the case of the camper van, that was highway driving. That's definitely a disadvantage of having your entire contents of your holiday with you. I think the 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 idea that a camper van trip is the cheapest option is is not the case. Pretty much everywhere we stayed, except Rakaya Huts, had some kind of cabin that was roughly equivalent to a camper van. So it had a bed and maybe a little kitchenette, but no bathroom. So you'd still use the shared shared block. And that would typically be in the 60 to $80 a night range. The powered sites were in the 40 to $50 range, apart from the last night. And so a cheap rental car with better fuel economy and staying in the same campgrounds would probably be 30 to 40% cheaper. However, there are some positives, so let's talk about those. The first positive is coming back to the, the one of those negatives of always having your house with you. Uh, you always have your stuff. Um, at least once I found myself going, oh, I wish I bought my jack. Oh, wait, I did bring my jacket. It's here. Or haven't seen a USB, that USB cable in a day or so. Oh, well, it has to be here somewhere because it's not like you're unpacking and packing things out of your vehicle every day. Having a fridge in the camper van, that was really cool. I 
I now can't imagine doing a road trip without a fridge.、Mm-hmm. I think we need to buy one of those portable ones with the that plugs into the cigarette lighter. Yeah, for me, the three big wins of having the fridge in the camper van are. Being able to take ice cream, you can buy a multi pack of ice creams, or you can buy like a tub of ice cream. Although the freezer compartment isn't very big, and you don't have to eat it all right away. Yeah, you can buy big bottles of drink from the supermarket for you know a couple of dollars instead of buying small individual bottles for four dollars, and then just top up small bottles as you go, and it stays cold. And we were able to save some money as well by buying food that we can cook later on. Yeah, so we we bought a steak and and burgers, and it turns out we didn't actually eat them the day we bought them. But that was okay because meat in the fridge was fine, and it meant we could do the next awesome thing, which was stop on the side of a highway, sometimes in a rest area and sometimes just in a gravel area next to an awesome river. And cook up food in the back of our camper van. Yeah, that was an interesting experience, and definitely one more unique to、um, going in in a camper van. Yeah, certainly if you if you were driving around in a rental car, you'd also need to carry some way of cooking if you were trying to replicate that. It'll definitely be harder eating it inside the、uh, vehicle. Yeah, the the benefit of the the camper van was that. Okay, you had to take the bed away, but then there was an area with a table and chairs, and you could sit comfortably. Pretty comfortably, actually. You could seat up to four people in the camper van we were in.、Um, I think one of the people might have to shift a bit to the right because、um, that seat was right up against the left-hand side, and the tables on the right-hand side, but. Yeah, you could you could comfortably seat. Well, there was only the two of us, and that was really comfortable. And we had a lot of table space. And yeah, it's it it's like camping, but not the. It's like camping, but not is a good way of putting it. Because when we were in the campgrounds, you you're kind of you're very close to the outside world. So you hear the rain and birds and that kind of thing, and other people as well. Slight negative,、yeah. but fortunately, we we had really considerate people at all the places we stayed. Only one party, and we didn't even hear them. And we were still awake. It was during the day, so and they warned us beforehand, and they were really nice about it. Even if people are considerate. The fact that you have like metal around you does help just with ambient noise and people just walking around. I know a couple of the places that we stayed in had gravel, and so any time anyone would walk on the gravel, you'd hear it. But I could just imagine if you were in a just a regular tent, you would be hearing everything, and and not just、um, in terms of sound insulation, but Temperature insulation as well, like yeah, there were there were nights when it got down to four degrees Celsius overnight. That was in Invercargill. Yes. Yeah, and in that particular、uh, campsite, there were there were a couple of people in tents. So I was I was really surprised or、um, worried about how they got on, but they seemed okay. So they must be used to it. But 
um, they had little tents, like very tiny one-person tents. You literally just crawl into it to sleep, I think. And I could just imagine early morning, they probably only have a thin, um, thin layer between them and the ground. Yeah, that's that's not going to be fun. I mean, I don't think that would be fun in in temperate climates, but yeah, it's definitely a plus to have that extra layer to protect you against um, the cold and the noise. The campsite we were in in Vicargill did have a road behind it. I don't think it was very busy, especially not at night, but I could imagine early morning, you know, big trucks coming through. That's going to wake you up if you're in a tent. And since we were in the camper van, I think we were uh, pretty protected by that. Actually, the the main thing I was surprised by was just having fairly heavy canvas uh, curtains to cover all the windows meant that the the temperature difference between the sleeping area and the cab mm. was quite dramatic. Like, I would leave a bottle of water in the the cup holder at the front and I'd get up in the morning and it'd be like it had been in a fridge overnight and I didn't feel like I was in a fridge. Mm. I was it was chilly. Yeah, and you could definitely feel it. The canvas curtains didn't I mean it enclosed most of the windows, but there are little gaps and you can definitely feel it early in the morning when you have like bare skin sort of uh, exposed near the window, you could feel it coming through the uncovered parts of the window. So the canvas, as well as providing, because I think they were blockout canvas curtains as well, as well as providing a barrier against light and people being able to see inside. Yeah, it had that um, having everything with you. It's like camping, but better. You have a fridge. You can cook. I don't think we explicitly said it, but it did have a gas bottle and two gas burners. We also had an electric heater uh, that we didn't use. Yeah, we brought it out once because there was, I, I don't think it was even in Vicargo, but there was one night where we thought we might need it. We didn't actually use it. And it's good because if you're going to use a heater, you're going to have to vent. Uh, you're going to have to... Um, crack a window we did have an overhead vent but i i don't know if that was going to be adequate if we were going to use a heater and you know i don't want to suffocate unfortunately it wasn't a fantastic vent as the uh, american youtube videos all love so there was no fan it was just a passive vent it's literally a plastic flap that would slowly open you'd crank it open it, it did have both a fly screen and a uh, like and a, a curtain yeah. screen. Yeah, the it was okay. Like the the screen didn't go all the way to either edge, but I think it it did the job. And I think where we were going, we didn't really have a problem with um, with bugs or anything like that. There were a couple of places. But majority of the time, we didn't have that trouble. Yeah, luckily, it we were traveling through the South Island in March when 
temperatures are are mild to cool rather than hot. I don't know what it would have been like if it was 30 degrees, which you don't hit too much in New Zealand, but does happen. And that would definitely impact on how we would have felt sleeping in the van. It meant that if we had to open a lot of windows, um, I think possibly the blockout blinds, the blockout canvas curtains would have to be um, partially uh, open as well because they they do hug quite close to the windows. So if we did need increased ventilation, we'd have to consider that. Also, the the noise isolation would have been quite yeah. a bit less, which yeah, especially yeah with open windows. And I'm sure summer is a more popular time to do this, so you'd probably see more people in the campgrounds. Yeah, so there'd just be more noise that you'd mm-hmm. want to block as well. And that's fine because that's probably not the best time for us anyway. Another positive is we did have a water tank on board. We didn't use it for drinking water. We tended to buy water and then keep it in the fridge. It's not heated, so doing dishes with it is pretty limited, but it is it is useful having running water. Yeah, it's, you underestimate how often you need to clean your hands. Yeah. Especially if, you know, if you've been traveling and you've got snacks next to you and, you know, your hands get chippy. And, yeah, it's nice to be able to just stop, rinse your hands, and then be on your way again. And the the gray tank, which did have to be emptied before we left, is, I mean, it's just, it's just dirty dishwater at that point. is is not too horrible. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't do a lot of dishes uh, in the sink because, you know, you don't want to have to deal with food, you know, sitting in that gray water and potentially, you know, stinking up the place. And also we didn't have <laughs> dish soap. So we we pretty much waited until we got to a campsite and then just did the dishes there. And it meant that we saved our water. We didn't have to refill it at any time. As we added to the gray water, we could drain it and sort of reduce the weight of the camper van a little bit. I mean, not not really to an appreciable amount, but side benefit. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's let's just talk quickly about the the camper van itself. We rented a, a juicy casa, which is a space. It's based on the Toyota Hiace van with a high top. Yep. Sleeps up to four, although I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, it's got two sets of beds. The one that folds out um, from a bench type configuration to a bed. And then there's the second level, which sort of slides out from the from the extension at the top. Now, we never got to use the one at the top because we used it for storage. But there's not a lot of clearance. There's not a lot of um, head clearance. So uh, I'm mildly claustrophobic. And I think if, um, especially if you're, if you forget, you know, you could easily wake up, have to go to the bathroom or something and, and literally smack your head on, on the ceiling. And even if you're on the bottom bed, 
you just smack your head into the bed above you. Yeah, I think it it definitely helped that was that there was only the two of us. It meant that the top bed didn't have to be unfolded, which meant that when we were lying down, we still had the whole height of the uh, van to look at. So it never felt closed in. Um, we had access to all of the LED lighting. And it just meant that it was more pleasant. It, it didn't feel like you were crammed in or you were sort of um, in a tighter spot. Ironically, I, I want to try a capsule hotel. But, <laughs> you know, I think um, in this context, uh, I really enjoyed not having an, another, um, a decrease in the ceiling height when, when it was bedtime. The, the perk of that upstairs bed is that it's also an area you can use for storage, which is exactly what we did. It's good because you could put stuff away. If you park your car, you don't have to have the block out curtains to hide what's in the van. We didn't have quite enough space up there to store our, um, our big luggage. But that was just one bag and all we had in it was clothes. Yeah, having that storage space up there meant that if we had to go into the van, we didn't have to shift a whole bunch of stuff around in order to sort of navigate to the little kitchen area or sort of sit down. The only time we had to do that was when we had to move the luggage and the doona, which we kind of shoved into the kitchen area and partially that was to stop the fridge door from opening as well which we found out uh, happened once the van uh, came with hookups for power with a what looked like a large extension cord plugged into the outside and into the uh, the campground and we had two power outlets, which wasn't quite enough, but we made it work. Luckily, a lot of the devices we brought with us... I mean, not luckily. we I think that was mostly deliberate. Uh, most of our devices uh, charged via USB. I think I only had one camera. <laughs> I bought three cameras, but that's another story. I only had one camera that actually needed to be plugged into mains, to mains type ports to to be charged i almost managed to have everything charged over usb the only thing i that didn't was my electric toothbrush yeah and we did but we didn't need to charge it yeah it actually surprisingly lasted the week but uh so one i use one of the anchor six port usb chargers and that's fantastic because either it was enough to charge everything of mine. In most cases, that plus a, a car charger with another two ports meant that we were able to get by with just two outlets. Yeah, and I brought mine as well. Having mains, mains type plugs meant that we could use the toaster, which was included in the van. And we brought a cheap $10 kettle from the warehouse. I think that enhanced the whole experience for me because waking up and having to deal with other people, which you have to do if you need to go to the bathroom or go have a shower, it's, it's made all the more bearable if you can at least 
you know, have a coffee or get some toast and sort of have a bit of a moment to kind of wake up a little. Rounding out the the inclusions with the camper van were pots and pans, cutlery and plates and, and cups and glasses, all of which managed to not break. The sounds they make, because the, the way they store these in the camper van is on their sides in like hanging bags. And as you're going up and down hills, they, they crash against each other and miraculously not one broke. I think it, it meant that I had to take a lot more care in, you know, turning, worrying about bumps, uh, worrying about worrying about speed humps, stuff like that. It, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like having a little audible warning to tell you you're going too fast or you're taking this turn too fast or you're going you're going to take this speed hump too quickly. So it in a way it, you can think of it as a positive. It's a visual um, not a visual aid but an audible aid to help you with your driving and driving better maybe. But yeah, having cups and yeah, being able to use that with with your kettle and it, it it sort of made it feel more fun. It's it, it's camping but again, camping but better because you have some amenities we didn't have to i know um i visited the kitchen a couple of times and i think a couple of the people there may have been um in either unpowered sites or in tents because you know every so often i'll see someone plugging in their iphone against the wall and sort of having to sit in that common area while their phone charged. Whereas we could, you know, we didn't have to worry about theft. Not, I don't think that's a problem, but, you know, you always have to think about it. You could just stick all your devices into power, have it charge up, and not have to worry about, oh, did I forget such and such here? Or are people going to steal my crap? I guess to to wrap things up, would you do it again? Yes. I think the only things that I would change would probably be, um, well, at least I'd like to try to to have a camper van with a shower. Totally. Yeah. I'd like to try, well... I know I can't deal with long drives. So knowing that I would like to plan itineraries better so that um, there's shorter legs in between. Yeah, I think we we mostly managed to have between two and a half to four hours of driving for pretty much every other day. Mm. Uh, and actually that, that six, six hour drive if we'd started from Christchurch, would have been about four hours. So it would have been, or four and a half hours. So it would have been quite a bit more bearable. Actually, that reminds me of another thing. Um, Christchurch to Akaroa doesn't seem like a very long distance on the map, but there was a lot of uphills. And the camper van is not really equipped for that. It's only got a two-liter engine. It's carrying... I think 
two and a half tons. Yeah, and I think that's without anything in it, just just itself. So it was struggling, and it's, I mean, it's it's been around. I think when we got it, it was pushing. It was three hundred and thirty nine thousand k's in already, and we almost got it to three hundred and forty thousand. I think if we had another day. Um, I think we just needed another two hundred and eighty kilometers or something, or two fifty kilometers, and that would have gotten the odometer to three hundred and forty k. But yeah, it was struggling. I had to. It was an automatic, and which is good because I only drive automatic. But it meant that I had to kind of keep shifting the gears, and uh, we got there, but. the The van made a lot of noise, and since it was the first day, it it did worry me a little bit. It's like, is the transmission gonna fall out? Are we even gonna get to our first destination? I think we, knowing what we know now, we probably need to plan our itinerary better, just so that we can take into account lengths of drives and also difficulty of drives. So have that be a factor. As well, yeah. I think on on this particular on this particular trip, we were trying to to get a feel for the van more than purely experiencing the places.、Mm. Next time, we'd do it with shorter drives. And in Franz Josef, we had two nights there,、mm-hmm. which meant that we had a whole day of no, well, very little travel, just. To, from the campground to the car park to walk to the the glacier, and I think that's probably a good pattern:、uh, is to make sure we have for every dry, day of driving, we have a day of not driving.、Mm. I think I think that definitely helped. It also meant that you could relax a little. I think having to travel every day, or knowing you have to travel every day. Um, does kind of keep well it keeps me a little bit on edge. Not, I think that might be too extreme to say, but it means that you can't sort of relax. You know, just say, okay, we're gonna visit this place and we can explore without having to worry about. Oh, we have to pack everything up again the next day and drive. For me, anyway. I definitely would try a camper van again. It'd be interesting, I think, maybe trying one of the bigger ones. The benefit of the bigger one is, even though there's only two of us, it means that, well, for the one that we're looking at, we don't have to fold down the beds and fold them back up. And I think that that in itself is a big plus. Yeah. I think the other thing we we've realized is that we traveled with our carry on bags separately, but with one big suitcase for the two of us. And I think maybe what we'd do differently on the next trip is have two smaller bags for our clothes. Oh yes, yeah it it means that we can it means that we can pack them better. So if there's any unusual spots, we can sort of just. Cram at least one of them in there instead of having to deal with one big bag, which takes up a lot of space. And 
as much as I love uh, the suitcase, and, and I do because it has the four wheels and that makes it really easy to maneuver, that also means that when it's in the camper van, it likes to roll <laughs> it moves around. around. Yeah, we did manage to wedge it between the the kitchen area cupboards and the other kitchen area cupboard and sort of had the doona in plastic bags wedge it in place but even that wasn't perfect it w- it was still moving around but yeah there are <laughs> there are downsides to having something with wheels in a moving vehicle okay i think that that wraps this up so i think we both agreed that we would absolutely okay good thanks for listening bye